Welcome to Epiphany Fellowships Podcast. My name is Dr. Eric Mason, lead pastor and founder of Epiphany Fellowship in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Thank you so much for tuning into our podcast. Our desire is to see people everywhere show off the glory of Christ in every area of life. God bless you as you listen and consider subscribing so that you can tune in every week to check out new messages. God bless you and take care. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord God Almighty. You can be seated if you can. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Somebody done praise the lights off. Let's um let's praise the lights back on. Amen. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Amen. 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 How y'all doing? Good, 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 good. Amen. Um, just a few things before we begin. Um, let's thank the Lord God for the choir and the team for leading us in worship. Um, also, let's thank Dr. Gill for leading us through Black History Month and all those who participated. Amen, amen, amen. Um, don't forget this Wednesday is our fourth Wednesday Bible studies. We're doing a different format because we didn't know the response to the family series was going to be quite that of people really wanting to be developed and understanding more about family as singles and as married people. So in light of that, um, we have several things going on. We also have our brother um, and member here, uh, Dr. Paul Tripp, is going to be leading us in a time um, in a few weeks. But then also we're also going to have this Wednesday night Bible study we're going to have praise and worship time. Then once we have praise and worship time, we're going to break up into classes. And we're going to get some more deeper um, activity and explanation and clarity on what it uh, means to be family. So we're going to do that for the next few months in our, our fourth Wednesday night Bible studies as we honor the Lord and growing in what it means to be a biblical family. Um, also, bandwidth program. Just an update on that in relation to it starting this fall. You heard Dr. Gill bring it up. One of the things that we're not going to start off with is entrepreneurial development. And the reason why, as I was talking to Pastor Niren, who is an entrepreneur, is some of the people that we're going to be developing as entrepreneurs don't have career path knowledge. So in order, if you can't manage a career path, you can't manage a business or somebody else in their career. So one of the things we want to start off with that, as we do the computers and all of the different things with coding and everything, we're going to do career development so we can help people to be shaped in what it means to be career-minded so that when they start a business, they are more than just a product engineer, but they're able to <clears throat> be able to develop or what it means to have infrastructure. Somebody say infrastructure. Infrastructure for those businesses is one of the things that's important for them to have personal management and understand basic job management skills. Amen? <clears throat> so keep that lifted up in prayer. All right, let's stand to our feet. Proverbs 31, verses 13 through 22. We're continuing. This is going to be, this part of the series is going to be three weeks instead of two. So this is the second one. Next week will be the third one within this section of our series on biblical womanhood. Let's read on three. One, two, three, go.
Amen. Amen. Um, again, we're talking about the complexity and beauty of biblical womanhood. Let's go before the Lord. Father, we thank you um, for your creation. And we thank you that you've created roles and clarity with people groups. And you've done that with men and women. And so, God, as we talk about biblical womanhood, help us not to talk about cultural womanhood. Help us not to talk about um, reductionistic uh, Christian womanhood. That's not biblical womanhood, but biblical womanhood in all of its multifaceted beauty. Lord, God, be with me today. You know I need oil when I do this. Uh, this type of stuff in getting into scriptures and preaching, <laughs> um, I need strength from heaven. But then, I, but then there needs to be open hearts, Lord. So will you do both? Will you open hearts and minds of men and women under the sound of my voice? And God, open my mouth to speak righteously and truthfully and biblically so that lives can be changed, set free and delivered, and re-envisioned based on what you want us to do. Lord, let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O oh God, our strength and our redeemer in whom we trust. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Everybody agree with that said? Amen. Amen. You may be seated. The complexity and beauty of biblical womanhood. One of the things I don't want you to see, somebody say complexity. When I say complexity, I don't mean that negatively. And you'll see that as we go through this section. But one of the things I want to do, and I want to give you a chance to talk back to me a little bit. I, I, I put on my sheet, I put, I put down here, I got white womanhood, Asian womanhood, African American womanhood, African womanhood, uh, Asian Indian womanhood, Caribbean womanhood, Latina womanhood, or Afro-Latina womanhood, Hispanic womanhood. So I, I need y'all help. We got a little bit of a multi-ethnic situation in the church. Um, what do you think of when you think of Hispanic womanhood? Talk back to me. Now, men, let me just give you some instructions. <laughs> just, let's just lay some ground rules. If there's anything negative to be said, leave that to the women folk. You say something positive, eh? Men? Amen. Amen. All right. Hispanic womanhood. Hey, the first service jumped right in. Nurturing, family-oriented, passionate, hardworking. Okay, let's, let's go to, uh, what about uh, 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 Afro-Latina womanhood? Wow. I, I'm a, hold on, hold on. I got to hear y'all. That hun did something to me. Come, come um, brother, I told y'all to quit playing before you get stabbed up in here, bro. Tell you right now, you're going to get shanked. Um, Afro-Latina and Latina womanhood. Come on with me. Say it again. Proud. Family. Strength. Hardworking. Huh? Togetherness. Oh, okay. Okay. Caribbean womanhood. Strength. Hustle. Love. You must be Caribbean, huh? Where, where you from? Where you from? Jamaica? All right, all right. All right, all right. Um, Asian womanhood. Loyal. Hardworking. Huh? Okay. Quiet, okay. Asian Indian womanhood. Because you know Asian Indians are different than yeah. Trying to be multi-ethnic, y'all. See, I told y'all. Y'all ain't got nothing for the Asian Indian ladies? Hard working? 
Sheeta, you know every type of womanhood, don't you? <laughs> Somebody over here said something. What, what'd you say? Traditional. Got you. Got you, got you, got you. Okay, what about African womanhood? I know I'm just about to get bombarded, okay? So let's take one at a time. I know y'all gonna be like, wait, 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 wait. I don't want to hear no song, Wakanda forever, Wakanda forever, 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 Wakanda da, 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 forever. I don't want to hear it right now, all right? <laughs> Some of y'all, it just went past you. It's, it's a black church thing, my bad. <laughs> African womanhood. Huh? Say it again. Patient. Huh? Say that one more time. Strength. She said strength. I know that's right. Somebody over here. Responsible, strong. Cre all right. All right. All right. All right. All right. I don't want no trouble. All right. All right. All right. White womanhood. Positive. Nice. Protective, protected, okay. Y'all way more positive in the first service. Everybody got annihilated on some level at the first service. And that's why Pastor Larry's shaking his head. So y'all are the positive service, amen. All right, as you can see, there are some similarities, but there are a lot of differences. <clears throat> and with there being similarities and there being differences, it shows you how complex womanhood is, um, particularly even in an unredemptive sort of way where you see that womanhood in different cultures is known for different things. But as known as these different cultures are for their different, I would say positive and negative cultural stereotypes, um, the Bible um, transcends all of our stereotypes. And no matter what color or ethnicity you're from, what economic group you grow in, there is a standard of womanhood that transcends your culture that is rooted in the Bible. And, and, and it being rooted in the Bible, that means that if you know Jesus Christ as your Savior, this chapter isn't a browbeat about what you can't do and how weak you are, but it actually is an encouragement about what Christ, what, what you get through Christ to empower you as a woman to be. And if you want to be empowered to be a woman, you have to allow your culture to be true, uh, to, to have some level of, of depth in your life. But Christ trumps your culture. <clears throat> and, and Christ trumps what the world says about womanhood. Uh, Christ trumps the negative stereotypes of ethnic minority womanhood. And a matter of fact, Christ trumps uh, white womanhood's normality in our culture um, by Christ-centered womanhood being normal, okay? And so, because so, in our culture, we've normalized things in even Christian culture that's indigenous to whiteness that is not necessarily Bibleness. So that's not to down our siblings, but we want to see all of ourselves cross ethnically in a biblical format of what it means to be godly people, but particularly today, we're talking about godly womanhood. What I like about this chapter is there's sort of like an oral tradition in Israelite tradition. 
In Israelite tradition, Proverbs 31 uh, is said to be a, a, a nickname. Lemuel is a nickname for a particular Israelite king, um, Solomon. Many believe that this is Solomon, and if this is Solomon, then who's the mother that's talking to him about godly womanhood? Bathsheba. Who was Bathsheba? Bathsheba was the woman that David had a one-night stand with and married later. And she had a miscarriage, but the next time she got pregnant by him, she had a son who would become king. What I like about this passage, just on the cultural, the background cultural onset, is that a woman that participated in a gravest sin, at some point in her life, gets a sense of redemption in the midst of her adulterous relationship with the king, and now because of Yahweh redeeming her as a black Canaanite woman, if you will, she goes from viewing herself as an adulteress to a woman of great value. Now she's teaching her son how to choose rightly in relation to biblical womanhood. And so what we get is possibly from a woman who's made grave mistakes and grave challenges in her life, a loss of her husband and so many different things. And now we see she's teaching her son about biblical womanhood. Um, when we look at biblical womanhood and look at the multifaceted uh, or, or complex nature of it, which brings me to my overarching point, then I got some sub-points. Is that okay today? Got an overarching point, some sub-points. Overarching point today is what, women are multifaceted beings. Now, why do I say that? Because I, I took out a list, and I, I, I listed, man, about 100 women in the Bible. And, and, and I was just going through different biblical characteristics that the Bible gives to us about them, and you see the beauty and complexity of womanhood. I mean, you see Eve who made the greatest mistake in history, the greatest mistake in history, um, to now being a woman who turned around and invested in her son Seth, who became a new godly line of men. You have Pua, one of the Egyptian midwives who served to preserve Hebrew men. You have Esther who preserved the Hebrew nation. You have Sarah who is in uh, the, the hall of faith. You have Hagar, the Egyptian mother, who's the mother of the Arab nation. You have Ruth, the sacrificial redemptive thinker and actor. You have Zipporah who saved Moses' life. We'll talk about that. You have Abigail who saved her foolish husband's life from getting the whole household killed. You got Phoebe hosting church plants in her home. You have Priscilla who's a traveling missionary, an urban apologist, an evangelist and a church planter. You missed your clapping moment right there. That's all right. Um, um, you, 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 see, you see the woman with the issue of blood who was willing to risk life and limb to get healed by Jesus Christ. You see Lydia, the rich, uh, 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 rich lady uh, in Acts who's a God-fearer turned preserver of the brethren. You, you see Aska, daughter of Caleb, doing negotiations in her own dowry to get married. So, so when you look at womanhood, you can't reduce 
womanhood the way our culture reduces womanhood. When we go to this text and as we go through these different characteristics of womanhood that we see in this text are really base principles that aren't reduced to what's just said, but, but they are principles and springboard for us to see the larger theological picture of what it looks like to be a beastly woman. As a matter of fact, I would akin this, and what this is to biblical womanhood is where 1 Timothy uh, chapter 3 is to biblical manhood. 1 Timothy chapter 3, when it talks about biblical eldership, is not only talking about those who lead the church, but it's also characteristics of any godly man that any man would want to have in order to be a godly man. What that is to men is what Proverbs 31 is to women when it comes to biblical womanhood. So when we look at these characteristics and these categories, they are going to help shape men, listen, men in knowing what to choose. Okay, you're supposed to be looking at Copability right now. All right? You need to be like, all right, I'm seeing, seeing what I want to see in somebody. And there's nothing wrong with that. You need to be on the lookout. You need to be on the search. Matter of fact, I get a lot of talk from sisters in the ministry. Hallelujah. <laughs> that, that, that are on their findability format. And they got their GPS ready, their Bluetooth ready. They just waiting for you to turn yours on and sync that joint, right? <laughs> so I'm just letting you know. All right? So I ain't just trying to get you hitched. I, 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 I'm not down in singleness, but I want to preach what this text contextually is about. It's about finding a wife and a woman who is findable. Now, that's what this text is. That's what it's about. And so, 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 so today, I'm going to zoom lens on, fellas, look for this. I need the fellas. All y'all go like this. No, no. If you're married, don't do that. Don't do that. Don't do that. Married dudes like... Don't do that. Don't do that. Don't do that. Don't do that. The devil is a liar. The devil is a liar. Amen. Ladies, I want you to put up your hand like this. Put up your hand like this if you want to be found. Close, close your eyes, though. I'm joking. Ha! Got you. Um, first sub point. First sub point. That was fun. That was great. That was great. Somebody's like, oh, he about to make me look thirsty. Y'all ain't thirsty. Y'all not thirsty, you're just in your findability. <laughs> Hallelujah. All right. First sub-point, when we look at the complexity <laughs> of biblical womanhood, she is a woman of quality and passionate diligence. She is a woman of quality and passionate diligence. Look at what it says. In she selects wool and flax and works diligently with her hands. I like this. She's a woman of quality. That means that, um, this doesn't mean she's a high dollar woman, high maintenance. This just means she wants stuff that lasts in her life. When she seeks out wool and flax, she wants materials that last. Um, it, 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 I, 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 like the, I like the fact that she, she likes materials that last. Um, that reminds me, for, for, for me, when I buy clothing, I don't buy trends. I don't buy trends. We don't buy trends that to be out next year. I buy stuff that you can wear for a couple generations. I can hand down to the young bucks. You understand what I'm saying? Just here, young. You can take that, you know, and he can go with that. That's that's a wool is a good. See this right here? This wool. E B B Yasha. Wool. This will never go out of style. See, this is how she is. She looks at. She she's not a faddish woman. She transcends fads because she wants things in her life that not only have value, but build value over time. 
So as a woman, you should be looking at uh, the things that you acquire. This is very practical. It's real simple. Things that you acquire, uh, don't, don't get too many fatty types of things in your life. Because fatty things in your life, it, it, it points to a shallowness of wanting to impress for a moment but not have extended lifespan of something. You want, you want, you want a track record of things in your life that, that, that lasts for a while. Uh, you, you don't want staccatoisms, if you will. Uh, 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 you want some vibratos and some vamps, like in music. You want some things in your life, and, you, and this will even point to the type of people in your life. That, that is, this is points to it, 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 it even points to the quality of people in your life. I, I, in other words, th this is a commitment to quality on all different types of levels. I, I, I remember I was um, down on Gerard, Broad and Gerard. And this is when I first got the feeling. I was, man, I said, man, they selling... Tim's outside. They got polo. I know, sis. And, and, and when you, I mean, it looks like it's good. It looked like it, but you wash the shirt one time and it go from adult to toddler. <laughs> Just like that. You know, and, and, and the point of that is um, this, this woman here is about quality, but not only is she about quality, she's, she's, she's diligent or works with willing hands. <laughs> this idea of working with willing hands uh, 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 points to her taking pleasure in stuff. Know what I like about the inferential implications of her taking pleasure in stuff? Because as you see through this chapter, she has a lot on her plate. And ladies, it's easy when you have a lot on your plate and a lot on your mind to be very easily irritated. <laughs> And some of y'all, it's not people that irritate you, it's what's on your mind and that you're emotionally carrying that irritates you. You just caught her at the wrong time. <laughs> so the woman of worth, if you will, is a woman that wants to have quality in her life, but she also wants to be a pleasurable person to be around. And so her work comes from a place where she's not letting everything on her plate. And we're going to talk about how to manage that and how you manage the reality of all the things that you have on your plate and how, as a woman, you engage those things. Based on what the text says, I don't know how to do that as a woman. I just found out from the text. So whatever you found out from there, just let it tell you that. Don't pay no attention to me, right? So I'm working with her hands and, and doing all of this to try to find quality. That don't mean she paid for quality. That don't mean she paid for it. That means she's she doing some stuff like going to consignment shops. You understand what I'm saying? In a nice neighborhood, though. You know, because the hipsters done took everything in North Philly. All the thrift shops, they got all the fly stuff. It's gone now. None of it don't fit us plus-size dudes, though. Everything like that itty-bitty 30. Who wears a 38, like, jacket? Anyway, I'm sorry. Thrift stores, eBay, whatever she can do to practically engage these issues of both being a person of quality but a person of pleasure, she let both play into her days and, and plays into her life. As she's, a, she's a person of industry. She's not only a person of industry, she's a person of intelligence, and, 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 and she's a, a bearer of God's glory. Next point. <laughs> um, she is willing to go out of her way to get what is needed. She's willing to go out of her way to get what is needed. I like this. Because the text says she is like the merchant ships. Bringing food from afar. This, this, this means she's willing to go near or far <laughs> to get what is needed. In other words, going out of her way to get what her house needs 
and going out of her way to get what her house likes. Going out of her way to get what her house needs. She's liking the ships. Now, back then, you got to understand, they didn't have Amazon Prime and FedEx and UPS and, you know, U.S. Postal Service overnight shipping and speed shipping. They had to wait for whatever comes in, and you had to get to the docks and the places where the merchants were showing up quickly in order to maximize it. And so just as a ship travels from afar to take resources to faraway places where it's not there, so does the woman, like those merchant ships, goes out of her way to make sure that her house has what it needs. That means if your husband getting fat, Oh, it's, got, it's real quiet in here. That means you're like, baby, I, you know I love you, right? We want you to live for Because men, we just eat anything. Most of us. We say a burger. I mean, it's protein. Then you got vegetables on it. That's a salad. Then the bread just holds it together. That's all. That's all. It's a meal. <laughs> and the fries, you know, it's, you know the, the french fries are or two to dip into the vegetable sauce. You know, somebody get that on the way home, but. Um, <laughs> for us, a, 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 a godly wife is like, honey, we don't want you to be healthy. You, went to the, you need to go to the doctor. Oh, that's real practical. Go to the doctor. Tell him go to the doctor. Find out what's wrong with him. Okay. When he come back, make some, get some Whole30, some Keta, some Atkins or something. I'm telling y'all, this will help us. And she monitors those habits and she goes out of her way to do all of these things, even to the point where she says, it says in verse 15, she rises while it's still night. What does she do that for to provide food for a house? In other words, she's doing meal prep early. Meal prepping for the week. That doesn't mean men can't cook. So I don't want the women saying, see, this is what I don't like about the Bible. It's always saying we got to do everything. What about the dudes? Let's just, can we just, the text, right? That, I mean, the, the Bible assumes that you're going to learn how to cook. You get mad at me all you want. You get mad with Jesus. <laughs> See, when it comes to biblical womanhood, you can't say things you don't do if the Bible tells you you're supposed to. You just can't. You can't I, don't do, I don't do this. I don't do cooking. I don't do women. Like, like that don't, that's nowhere. Like, in, like, you're basically saying whatever God says is good for me as a woman and a part of my role as a woman, I'm not going to do it because the world told me that biblical womanhood is archaic womanhood. So are you going to believe the world? Or are you going to believe the church? I'm just saying. Now, that's what you have to wrestle with in this culture because we have this substandard fleshly wokeness that's running around. And, 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 what, and, and, and it sounds liberating. But the more I listen to it, I said, that don't sound like biblical wokeness. That sound like demonic ideologies from the world that you're dragging into the church and you're trying to force God to submit to a form of freedom that's really a form of bondage. 
So nobody in here trying to put you under bonds. The Bible says, it, it, like, if, if God gives you a picture of what biblical womanhood is and you don't like it, that's between you and the Lord. But the goal is to say, no, I, I do. This is, this is tough for me because I do have some uh, Eurocentric feminism in my blood. Really, that's all it is. Like, like if you want to get woke, go back to Africa and see historically what African women were like. And they weren't like the Western cultural womanhood that you're trying to pass along as freedom. I'm just trying to let you know that right now. So that, the Bible says she provides food for a household. And that, that means, you know, I know some of my wife, you know, she's trying to get up early. And you know, we got the monitors. We ain't had that back in the day. We got the monitor. And my two little youngins, <laughs> we done put them in the room together. And she want to get up and get her some time with Jesus. We want to get her day together. So she's trying to do Proverbs 31, 15. But all of a sudden, my daughter gets out of her bed, goes and jumps in my son's bed. Then they grab a hold of the crib and begin to jump up and down. Then they kick down, they get out the crib together. Then they kick down, they open the door. And that's why she's shaking her head. They kick down the gate that we have to keep them in. And they just come out like the bushwhackers from the, the 90s, just coming out, just tearing them out. And, I, and you know, and, and, but, but, but one, one of the, some of you all, some of you all are, you know, some of you all as wives are like, God, can I have a moment? My, my prayer for you is that God would, would give your children a gift of sleep. I just, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just, so that you can be able to apply this verse. You're like, God, now in the name of Jesus, I'm trying to apply Proverbs 31:15. But the babies wake up. I need angelic Benadryl. <laughs> On my children's life, right? And so, so that, so, that, so that women can feel like you can get aligned. It's almost like she gets up early just to get her day aligned with the Lord and with her household. Isn't that good stuff? And she provides for a female service. Next point. <coughs> she has a life that is connected to but beyond her home. She has a life that's connected to, <coughs> but her life is beyond her home as well. Look at what it says. She evaluates a field, buys it. Let's stop right there. That, 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 she's on her boss bag. So that means she does take care of house, but she also has stuff to do that she's called to do that's beyond the house. Some, some, some of us as husbands need to be very, very careful of strangling our wives. Some of us strangle our wives and control them in how we think biblical shepherding is, which is really a Western form of evangelicalism where the woman has to be home all the time, where she has to homeschool. And if you're not doing those two things, you're not walking in biblical womanhood. It's nowhere in the Bible. Is it an option for a woman to be home and homeschooling? Absolutely. But when you make it a biblical mandate, you're not reading the entirety of the complexities and multi-dimensioned facets of womanhood. Because this woman, is taking care of the crib, but she also got some block stuff to do. And, and, and that, that, that means that it, it don't make sense for a woman to get a master's and a PhD and then come home and never use it. And then 
Listen, I'm just saying, y'all get mad at me if you want. Then have to pay bills on a degree you never want to use, but you got all these dreams that die. Then by the time your kid's grown, you're not even marketable anymore because you, I'm just saying. So I'm not, listen to me. So, so that means that even if she home, fellas, you got to give her some room. You, you better get that woman out the house. For she, boy, let me tell you something. Mess around, smell gas, and somebody about to light a match. I mean, you better not let that woman go crazy being in the four walls of a house. A woman was not meant to be confined to a home. Somebody say, well, the Bible says keep house. Keep house doesn't mean stay in the house. It's just that simple. We need a, we, we need a comprehensive, I mean, when I was in the South, it, it was some weird idea, ideas of biblical womanhood. Like you had to homeschool, you had to listen to CCM music, you had to be Republican. You had to, you had to homeschool, you had to get, you had, it's just, I'm like, that's a good thing if you do that. But I'm just saying, not the Republican, but, um, and I'm not Democratic either. I'm theocratic. Amen. So don't think just because I'm black, I'm Democratic. Boo. This is revolutionary because for a woman in antiquity to be viewed as dual in her role would have been revolutionary, meaning being a Christian woman is more freeing than being a worldly woman. I want you to understand that cross ethnically. You are the freest woman on the planet. You have to stop letting the world create a new lane of freedom, which is really the broad gate to destruction. It's not the narrow road of Jesus Christ. God's confining commitment to you is more multidimensional, multifaceted, and have more depth than what the world could ever offer. That's what, that's what Jesus Christ gives. So in God defining your role and you not being able to define yourself is freedom. See, we live in a world where we get to define ourselves. Who wants to define themselves? Who wants to define, like, just buy something and just use it for what you want to use it for? It's like, I'm going to just use my iPhone or my iPad for, like, fodder in the fire pit, you know? I just feel like I want to give an identity to it. That's, that's stupid. It's stupid to, for the manufacturer to create something and you just decide you want to use it another way. I would rather be in concert with my creator than be in conflict with my creator. So when we, she evaluates, know what I like about this though? He didn't give her the money to buy the property. Look what the text say. She plants a vineyard with her earnings. That means she got her own bread. Now, you can act like you like that. Babe, you want to bring more money into me anytime you want to do that. I ain't mad at you. I ain't gonna be mad. She got more money than me. And she that means no, 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 brothers. Don't ever, 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 ever do that. Because all the money goes into one bank account. Oh, uh, some of y'all like it does. <laughs> see, 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 it's our. See what I'm saying? That, see, see, it's ours, so you don't split bank accounts. That's a sign of distrust. If you got a secret divorce account. <laughs> I'm just telling you, she, she buys it, but she bring the bread to the house, 
and she doesn't own it, they own it. And see, this speaks of the beauty and unity of, 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 of multi-contribution. Let me tell you this, and I'm going to get this for free. Um, she's not my better half. She ain't. She's my better whole. Okay. See, see so some of y'all are going to get that on the way home. See, marriage isn't, this ain't, this ain't the Flintstones. Talking about some marriages 50 50. I remember Fred, Fred Sanford. I'm talking about some Fred Sanford. Fred Flintstone. We're talking about marriages 50 50. And it's not 50 50, it's 100 100. Because the two shall become one, not two halves shall become a one. In God's economy, two holes make a one, two halves make a none. That's the way it works. And so when she coming to the table, she's coming to the table as an equal yet submissive partner. And I know that's a curse word, but we're going to get a whole sermon on submissiveness. Hallelujah to the new year, right? We're going to get there. We're going to get there. We're going to get there. And so her earnings. And so she goes and evaluates field. She goes into North Philly. She drives around, get out the car. She opens up Zillow. She says, oh, that's for sale. And she working out. That's 10000 she, I'm a general contractor, Jude. I'm going to get it gutted. And da 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 And matter of fact, Home of God and TV called her and told her they want her to be the Philly version of Flip and Flop now. And now she's running things and she done flipped 100 houses and changed the landscape of North Philadelphia as a woman who based her theology of doing community development out of Proverbs 31.15. Anyway, I got to move. <laughs> Next one. She removes encumbrances to her work. She removes encumbrances to her work. Look at verse 17. She draws on her strength. These are very intricate. Let me just give you this. These are very intricate images here. <clears throat> she draws on her strength and reveals that her arms are strong. So what this points to is this. It's interesting. It's a bit intricate. It, mean, it can be translated, she girds her loins with strength. Loins is whatever is between the waist and the knee. That's loins. Like over in um, uh, uh, Ephesians chapter 6, it said, gird your loins with truth from the waist to the knees, right? The idea, this is not sexual. The idea is that, uh, that of gathering up robes, because they hang in things like that, with a sash and a belt so that they do not get in the way of her work. It's a euphemism of her girding herself for strength so that she can maximize her best strength without anything pulling at her and getting in the way of her life to be able to maximize her God-given femininity. What is an encumbrance in your life that's encumbering your ability to maximize your biblical femininity? You, you, you have to fill in that blank. But here, he's giving us the idea that she, she's stronger because of it. I, mean, I, I got a trainer now trying to get some accountability with this fatness, and... Man, I don't like him. I, I really don't. I really, I'm not feeling this dude because I had leg day last week. The leg day is a demonic <laughs> era of working out. Sick of it. I couldn't walk for five days. I couldn't even work. I said, what's the use of working out? If it's shut me down for five days. Then he, did, he just worked these muscles right here the other day. So I'm doing like this. I think I'm killing it. I'm like, yeah, 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 I'm doing it, right? Then he was like, then he was like, nah, bend them knees. He said, stay still and straight. 
He said, don't be winging, swinging and all that. He said, I want you to now isolate that muscle and maximize the pull. All of a sudden, it was a little bit different. But what he did was he stopped me from doing unnecessary stuff that wasn't helping me to strengthen my muscles. In your life, you need to remove anything that is an encumbrance to you, maximizing the spiritual muscles that God has given you to be strengthened. Anything. Even if it makes you, some of the stuff going to make you mad. But the results are going to be better. Why do I say that? Because verse 18 is our next point. She gets to see some of the results of her labor. I'm going to move a little fast here. I like this because it see. She sees the prophets are good, and her lamp never goes out. Know what I like about this? The prophets are good means she takes time out. That means she knows how to Sabbath. That means she's not always grinding. Some of y'all work too much. Some of y'all always doing something, and you're so busy being in your life, you don't get to work on your life. And so what you have to learn how to do is you have to take weekly Sabbaths and yearly Sabbaths to come away from your life, to evaluate where your life is so that you can work on it. Sometimes, if, as a, even as a pastor of Epiphany, I'm, I'm, I can't just work in the church. I got to step away. That's why I take sabbaticals every year, encouraged by you all to be able to do Y'all know that by around May and June, I get a little bitey. I get a little, shut up, Jeremiah, just shut up. And, and they'll be like, Pastor, don't you think it's about time you take some time off? Because, because I'm working so in it, I can't see the glory that's in it and over it. So you got to step away from your life, ladies, and look at your life and evaluate it, not just emotionally drained by the minutia of what you have to do. Because if you're always emotionally drained by the minutia of what you got to do, you will never get anything done. And you, based on this verse, you won't even see evidences of God's grace in your life. Because you won't see that God has been active. God has been giving profits to your soul and to your life and to whatever it is that you place your hand to. But, but, but sabbaticals are only for the busy, not the lazy. You, you, you got to take a sabbatical from working. I can't, I can't be bothered to do, I was in, when I was in youth ministry, dude talking about I'm tired. I'm like, it's, it's July 15th, summertime. Why are you tired, dog? You ain't done nothing all day. I need some rest. No, you've been resting all day. You need rest from rest, rest from the rest that you were resting from? No. <laughs> Next. Next. I'm going to skip that. Um, next point. She is woke. Verse 20, her hands reach out to the poor, and she extends her hands to the needy. I love that. You know why I love that? Because she not only takes care of her home, she not only has a viable outside identity and business life, she also sees brokenness in her society that she wants to make herself available to be a change agent in. So, so see, how, see how multifaceted this woman is and complex? You can't reduce a woman to the house. You can't reduce a woman to business. And you can't reduce her to blogging wokeness. And just talking online. Hallelujah. Right? That means, that means she's not just talking about stuff. She's extending her hands to help with it. 
But, but, but she has all these different things. And last but not least, she conquers procrastination. She conquers procrastination. Look at the verse. It says in verse 21, it says, she is not afraid. She is not afraid for her house when it snows, for all in her household are doubly clothed. I love that. <laughs> They're doubly clothed. Why are they doubly clothed? Did they get doubly clothed when the winter happened? No. She was thinking about the winter before it came. See, see, a godly woman is not filled with procrastination. A godly woman is a godly planner that thinks pre-seasonal, not bogged down to her season. So you got to be careful of letting the season that God has you have you in not make you think and project and think about what's coming ahead for you as a woman and for the things that you have in your life and responsibilities, right? What you have to do is begin, this is coming up, this is happening, because what will happen is if you've got your current responsibilities, you don't step away to work on the future, and you don't need a man to work on the future. This is something that she's supposed to do for herself, and if she's married, she's going to do it for herself and the household as well, right? But in close, and know what I like about this <coughs> is that Women are multidimensional. They have multidimensional. They reflect the multidimensional depth of the Godhead. Because God is multidimensional. God is very complex. Jesus Christ has created you, ladies, with his glory and complexity that must never be taken lightly. Jesus is the most complex and multidimensional being in the planet, in the world, in the, in, in the universe. Why? He's born of a virgin. That's complex. How you explain that to somebody? You know, my mom, you know, never knew nobody. And I'm, that's, I, God just put me in the, her womb. They're like, oh, okay. He wildin'. You know, I mean, <laughs> complex, right? He grew up with people calling him an illegitimate child. How do I know? Because the Pharisees inferred it in John 8. Um, he picked grain on the Sabbath, confusing people. One day people loved him, and the next day they hated him. Complex. Had friends who turned on him. He was someone who invested in people who became his core betrayers. He was unjustly killed and justly raised from the dead. Ladies, your complexity comes from Jesus Christ. It comes from him. And he's given it to you to not be something to be made fun of by comedians. But he's given you that, that complexity as a way for you to begin to step out of yourself, if you can, if you will, and see the beauty of who God created you to be and not let your complexities be your downfall. Because God wants you to understand and be shaped by the beauty of the complexities that Christ died for you to get back so that your freedom will be a beautiful freedom and the world would see godly biblical womanhood. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for the multidimensional complexities of women. It's amazing what um, you've done in biblical womanhood. And God, I pray in the mighty name of Jesus um, that we would just encourage biblical womanhood. And I'm praying that men would see, men would see um, godly womanhood and that women would embrace what biblical godly womanhood is. And Lord, I pray in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Maybe someone is here and they need to know the one who created and manufactured everything. 
Thank you for tuning in to today's message. I hope that it was a blessing to you and it was aiding in your life to help you to show off the glory of Christ in every area of life. If this message has been a blessing to you, we want you to consider partnering with us in ministry so that we can maximize what God has called us to do locally, nationally, and internationally. You can go to epiphanyfellowship.org, go under give and consider donating. Thank you. Take care. See you next week.